0: Alright, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Casual Sports Fans. Once again, we're starting off on our fantasy football tirade for the summer, and this time we're bringing you people that are in new situations. Either they left their team and they're in a new place, or they're a position player that has a new quarterback, or something significantly changed about the offense that changes their value. So, this is Evan and Andrew, and this is Casual Sports Fans. that made all the headlines.
1: Let's start off with the Denver Broncos. I, I love the Denver Broncos this year. It's not just Russell Wilson fantasy. We're talking about the wide receivers here too. And both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are both primed. I mean, maybe both of them won't have the breakout seasons, but one of the two could have that breakout season. We have seen Russell Wilson support multiple very quality fantasy wide receivers at the same time with both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as wide receiver ones and twos. So right now, the major question could be which one. And obviously, we don't know for sure. We can wait for training camp information. So whether it is Jerry Judy or it is Corlin Sutton, but I think both of them have wide receiver one potential. And where they're going and being ranked, I think they're both worth the value. Right now, they're being drafted in the late wide receiver two, early wide receiver three range, and they both have the upside to be wide receiver ones in fantasy.
0: Okay, so I'm more of a fan in PPR leagues of Jerry Judy, and if it's half and standard, I'm more of a fan of Corlin Sutton. But the issue that I'm having is that watching Russell Wilson with his um, amount of passing attempts on the Seahawks, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to support both of them as high-end receivers. I know some people out there have bold predictions that both of them end up as top 15 receivers, top 20 receivers, but I'm worried that it's just going to be either they either completely split and neither of them emerge as a very top guy, but they're both decent and they both return their fantasy value. They are both have a decent ROI or one of them is going to fade and the other one's just going to gobble up either a ton of receptions or like a ton of touchdowns because we know Russell Wilson for his rushing ability and his yards per attempt. He hasn't been rushing the ball that much lately, and I'm not sure if that's because he wanted to stay healthy to get traded or if he's just kind of wants to be considered more of a pocket passer or maybe he just wants to take fewer hits. But his yards per attempt and his deep ball is ridiculous. His efficiency is ridiculous, and that's what he's known for, and that correlates a little better to Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. But Jerry Judy's a little younger. You're going to argue that he's more talented. So I think... Both of them, you know, I just want one of them on my team. You know, I, we saw last year what happened when a talented quarterback comes to a team where there are two pretty good wide receivers and one of them isn't really considered the one and they're both kind of good and one of them ends up exploding. And, yes, if you haven't caught on, I'm talking about Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford um, coming to the Rams. So I want to leave each draft with one of these guys mm-hmm. if I can. And I think that's the, that's the main story behind it.
1: Yeah, personally, I would lean son by Tima because we've seen him do it before. It might have been I think it was two years ago when he had over a thousand yards. He had a solid deal of touchdowns. But once again, both guys can do it. Like Andrew said, come out with one of them. All right, what's the next significant like? I mean, it was Deshaun Watson. The only thing with Deshaun Watson is the question of is he playing? Is he suspended? Is it, he
0: is he suspended for the entire year or is it six games or is it nothing at all? We have no clue. But I guess Amari Cooper either Mm -hmm. way is on a new team. And let's say that Deshaun Watson does play at some point during the season. This is actually the highest I've probably been on Amari Cooper in a while. I've kind of been a bit of Amari Cooper hater because competition for targets, injury history, but he's kind of the clearly most talented person right now to throw the ball to for Deshaun Watson if he's, you know, there and playing. So I, I don't know. you could be pretty good if you're gonna value
1: yeah. if you're gonna talk about competition for targets who's there too is it Diamond people's Jones is Davin people's Jones really that great is David Bell the rookie they drafted is he that great David Njoku got a he got a bag but he hasn't shown production so I think Amari Cooper is the only proven wide receiver in this offense so if Deshaun Watson is playing and you could take Amari Cooper as a wide receiver too I don't see why you don't do it I mean other than Maybe. Yeah, what round consistent. is Amari Cooper going in? Fourth, fifth? Right now I think he's going maybe early fourth. He right now he's the wide receiver eighteen below guys like DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, and Waddle. Well, I draft him over all those guys because all those guys either have DK Metcalf, DJ more bad quarterback play, and Waddle has competition as in Tyree Kill, a top five talent wide receiver. Yeah, it's all about the potential and
0: upside for Amari Cooper. You can argue that even if and opportunity. Watson's there, that um that it's a run-first offense, and maybe it still will be with Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. I like drafting for upside sometimes. So there's a lot of mid-round receivers that we know what we're going to get out of them, and honestly, it's just kind of been the same thing for years. But Amari Cooper could actually jump into the top 10 because we've seen what Deshaun Watson can do. So I'm kind of hopeful in that regard. Let's see.
1: What else? If we're going to continue talking wide receiver, I think... First, we can talk about Devonte Adams, then maybe Tyreek Hill. But Devontae yeah. Adams, is he's interesting to me. I still haven't had my sights set. Where are you on Devontae Adams? I mean... I have him right
0: around, like... I have him kind of interchangeable with Stephon Diggs. Basically, I have him below the top three, that tier of Cooper Cub, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. But I have him kind of intertwined with Stephon Diggs. I haven't really figured out how I feel... With either one yet, so I don't actually know. It's like he's not a guy that I go into drafts targeting, but at some point the value is too good. He's still going to get the ball a ton. You could argue that he has some type of connection with Derek Carr, even if it's not like the connection that he had with Rodgers, because honestly nothing will ever beat that connection pretty much for years, honestly. Mm -hmm. Between quarterback, wide receiver, connection right there, that was just top tier. But he's still going to get, like, a ton of receptions, and he's going to be a big target near the goal line. So, and the Raiders should be in a lot of shootouts. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't still be a top-tier wide receiver. Now, I don't think he's going to be a top, like, one overall receiver, but I I don't know. He's still good value, and based against, you know, some of the bad running backs that he's being drafted, not bad running backs, but iffy running backs that he's being drafted around, he's still solid just because of how talented he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league, and I don't think we can argue that. The only problem for me, I mean, it's what Andrew talked about, is that there is other targets in that offense that garner lots of receptions. Like, Hunter Renfro, he's an underrated wide receiver, and he's a target guy. He's going to catch the ball. Darren Waller, he's a stud. He's going to catch the ball. So Devontae Adams has to find his targets in there, and maybe Devontae Adams will steal targets from those guys instead of the opposite, but... Looking at a guy like Stephon Diggs, other than, like, Gabriel Davis, who else is going to be really stealing those targets? But, once again, with the running backs he's drafted around, if you can find Devontae in the middle of the second round, that might be too good of value to pass up.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's appealing about Stephon Diggs is that he oh, is in a similar situation as he was to last year. Not much really changes for him, so... That makes him, compared to some of the guys that change places and change quarterbacks, it makes him seem appealing. Because, you know, the Bills offense is good and they throw a ton, right? So Tyree Kill completely gets nuked for me. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan of the Dolphins offense. I'm not a huge fan of Tua. I buy into the fact that I'm not sure how well he can throw the ball downfield. I still have him ag- ahead of guys like Debo Samuel, but... I think i draft some guy like C D Lamb over him because I just have no clue what's going on with that offense and the competition for targets with Jalen Waddle, who is a stud and already has a connection. So yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Tyreek Hill this year.
1: I'm also a huge fan. I think this is the situation where both guys will steal receptions from each other and be pretty similar in their statistics where it really just drops them off of wide receiver one contention and just drops both of their upside if you're good drafting a wide receiver in the second round you're banking that they could be a top three top four maybe even top five wide receiver i don't see that from tyree kill also going down to another wide receiver in new offense aj brown it's interesting as in he should be the top option in an offense that could be solid with jalen hurts what are your thoughts on aj brown i'm personally not looking to draft him I'm not a huge fan
0: of A.J. Brown, and I wasn't really before, and that's just because it's hard to bank so hard on a guy that doesn't catch the ball that many times a game. It's like I know you talk about, oh, well, Jamar Chase. You like Jamar Chase, and he doesn't catch the ball, like, a ton, a ton. He just has ridiculous touchdown efficiency and ridiculous yards per attempt versus A.J. Brown. He's never been on a pass-first offense. He's never been on – a team with a quarterback that's an incredible downfield passer. It's like he also is questionable with a knee injury week in and week out, which makes it a nightmare to actually put him in your lineup. Which is something that matters. Like you want to have guys that you know you're going to be able to put in your lineup week in and week out, and he's questionable every week with a knee injury. So, if I can get him in the third round in half PPR leagues. I'll take that because, you know, Jalen Hurts could be pretty good. The Eagles have a good old line. We could see some improvement there. The NFC East is pretty bad besides the Cowboys. It's like, you know, there's potential there. I do see it because AJ Brown is pretty talented, but he's not someone I'm targeting. But I will
1: take him at a value. I will admit. Grudgingly, I will take him at a Reluctantly, I will take him at a value. The only thing for me is I think in a situation people are underrating Devonta Smith I mean AJ Brown right now is being drafted as a wide receiver ten and he obviously has the talent to do so. But Devontae Smith last year put up very good stats. I'm pretty sure he had maybe almost a thousand yards, and he was that wide receiver one of the offense. And yes, I think AJ Brown will go into that role, but I don't think it'll be by that much. I think and there's Dallas Goddard. There I think too. the receptions will be a lot closer than people think. And for me to draft him over even like a guy like Keenan Allen, I think that's a better passing offense, more guaranteed value. And you just know what you're getting with A.J. Brown. There's the injury risk. There's the offense risk. Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback. Is he a real quarterback? is he a good real quarterback? I don't know. He was, like, only at 13 passing touchdowns last year, I think, to, like, nine interceptions. I don't know if he's that great of a real-life quarterback. And because of that, I think that drops... that drops A.J. Brown's value as well. So. Well,
0: I think the main thing that you're pointing out, which is very important, is we don't know what the split is going to be with Devontae Smith. Is it going to be a Keenan Allen and Mike Williams type thing? Is it going to be a Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy type thing? It's like we have no clue what the split is going to look like. So to say that A.J. Brown is this pure defined number one that's going to be the target hog isn't a stretch by any means because I totally think that I could see that happening. It's just by how much and at his current ADP could be a little high at the moment because people like the exciting player and AJ Brown is a very exciting player. So I totally see your point there. All right. Who else?
1: And I mean, looking down the board, these aren't huge changes of scenery, but I do think, um, Marquise Brown and Allen Robinson are new offenses. Marquise Brown going to Arizona and Allen Robinson going to the Rams. Do you see value in either of these guys?
0: It's hard for me to draft Allen Robinson after I drafted him last year. Anyone that drafted him last year just knows the pure pain. And, I mean, at the end of the day, he's not going to steal anything from Cooper Cup. Like, let's be real. Cooper Cup is going to get his. And, you know, there's Tyler Higbee. There's Van Jefferson. Maybe they bring back OBJ. It's like I'm not sure if he has that upside that he used to anymore because I'm not even sure how talented he is anymore. Like, he just had zero yards of separation at all on the Bears anymore. So I just – I it's hard. But at the same time, if you're in a, you know, mid to late round and you can get him, it's like what if something happens to Cooper Cup or what if he emerges because we know that there is a lot of volume to go around in this Rams offense. So – Personally, I'm not going to draft him just because of what he did to me last year. But if people don't know the woes of him and want to draft him as a wide receiver three and just hope, I'm not against it. I'm just like, it doesn't seem like a lot of
1: upside. There's only two scenarios I see with Allen Robinson. The first one, the first scenario was that Allen Robinson is what he was last year. And that's not a good wide receiver as a Bears when I watched him. I mean, he also wasn't trotting, but his routes horrible. He gained no separation. He wasn't making the type of catches he was making the previous years. If we're getting that Allen Robinson, don't draft him. He's being drafted as a here 28. But there's also is a chance that Allen Robinson just wasn't trying. And I, if I'm a Bears fan watching that, I'm going to be very mad. But there is a situation where we didn't give him the contract he wanted. I'm not going to try. So if Allen Robinson was just not playing football last season for us and decides that he's going to go back to his old form, there's a chance he can be a value at 28, but I'm not going to bet on it. Looking at Marquise Brown, I think this is a lot more interesting because from, is it weeks one to six with Deion um suspension? I think it's one to six, 12, right? One to six. He's got wide receiver one potential because he should be the wide receiver one in that offense. And we have seen what Marquise Brown can do as the wide receiver one. And the Ravens in the first few weeks last season, he was one of the top wide receivers. So if we can see that, You can get value there, but the only problem is you're you're drafting players to win you a fantasy championship, not to win you the first six weeks. So I think the problem comes in how much do you value those first six weeks? And maybe you value it very highly, but I might prefer to get some guys that I would have if – I mean, I'm planning to make the playoffs, and when I'm in the playoffs, I would maybe rather have some of the guys around in the Marquis. You could turn
0: around and make the argument that later in the season, the wide receivers that you're going to be starting in your lineup – You know, most of them, not most of them, but a good chunk of them are going to be from the waiver wire. It's crazy the amount of insane waiver wire picks that come to your team throughout the season. And so maybe if you're drafting Marquise Brown and what is it right now, like the sixth round, and you can get a great, great wide receiver for the first six weeks. And then, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is getting a little up there in age. He could come back and get hurt or something. What if he's, like, not staying in proper football shape and, like, comes back and gets hurt? If you can tell me that you can get me a top 12 wide receiver for the first six weeks of the season and I'm getting him in round six, that's pretty good value because I'm assuming by round six I'm going to have a wide receiver that I can get off the waiver wire that will overtake Marquise Brown. And there's still also the potential of... Him staying good. Maybe Kyler develops a connection with him and ends up being really good with him. Or maybe he's kind of like the boomer bust, long touchdown guy. So I'm not against Marquise Brown to any measure. I actually don't hate him that much. Yeah, it's. A, I don't think it would be a bad pick unless... But you're totally right. When yeah. you're trying to think about the playoffs and you think about his upside being capped, it's like how I feel about Zach Ertz. It's like, would well, you rather draft Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard? Well, Dallas Goddard, you know, there isn't going to be a random guy coming in that's a top three wide receiver in the league, <laughs> talent-wise, you know, mm-hmm. six, seven weeks into the season. So I totally get that.
1: And, I mean, we could shortly talk. I don't think there were very many running backs that changed teams. And even the ones that did, I don't really think I'd pick any of them. I mean, the top one, based on consensus rankings, Chase Edmonds, I don't want to touch that Dolphins offense, especially the running backs. So, I, at the running back position, any of the running backs that changed teams, I don't know if I, I – don't think I'd draft. I mean, yeah, the same yeah, no, thing i that. No, I'm not drafting the
0: Dolphins offense. I, uh, I, don't, I don't care enough. I frankly don't. Um, Some wide receivers that had their quarterbacks changed. Michael Pittman had a slight horizontally upward movement from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. I've watched Falcons football over the past two years. Matt Ryan is a shell of his former self, but Carson Wentz is even worse. And I can totally see a third-year breakout for Michael Pittman. He's a guy that I'm targeting in a bunch of drafts. I think Evan totally agrees as well, Deontay Johnson had a change in quarterback. We don't know. If, which one? Exactly. We don't know which quarterback it's going to be. We don't know. You know, apparently Kenny Pickett throws most of his passes to the slot, and Deontay Johnson plays pretty much solely outside. So that could be a potential issue. There's just a lot of question marks in Pittsburgh. I mean, if Deontay Johnson can continue the 20, was it 24% target share that he's mm-hmm. been getting the past year, I would love to pick him, especially in PPR leagues because he has pretty consistent production and he's clearly the wide receiver one, but
1: I don't know, man. The quarterback thing kind of scares me. How about you? I mean, yeah, Deontay Johnson last year in a league. I mean, it's not a traditional league. It was double PPR, but in a traditional PPR league as well, Deontay Johnson was great. But once again, he's being drafted as the 13th wide receiver off the board, and that might be a ceiling, especially in this offense. There are other weapons. Najee Harris is going to get his. Claypool and Pickens should be solid. I just feel like there's a lot of weapons in this offense. Deontay Johnson, I think we'll have a good season, but we might be drafting him at his ceiling. So I might not be um going toward drafting Deontay this year this season as well. I'm trying to look through and there hasn't been as many quarterback switches other than this. Um Yeah, I think that might be about it for the wide receivers with a new quarterback. And with the quarterbacks, I don't necessarily know if you're gonna be targeting Matt Ryan. No. if you're in super flex and you really need someone, I think that might be about it for the quarterbacks as well. Any
0: significant running backs that had their quarterback changed? I'm assuming, you know, nothing changes for Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, you know, we brought it up earlier, but Javante Williams, it probably just helps him a little bit, the fact that the team is going to be more competent in the red zone more often, you know, more scoring opportunities. Everyone knows that, you know, there is a correlation between team scoring and running back, uh, running back rankings. There's more, let's just say it's not a direct correlation, but there's more of a correlation for running back and team scoring than wide receivers and team scoring. So it can literally only help. You know, if the team is better. Yeah.
1: I so. think you can make the claim that um, Trey Lance coming in as a new quarterback because he only played two games. And I think that could That's hurt true. his running backs even. That back affects George Kittle. That affects Kittle. That affects Debo. don't know if he's going to pass to Kittle. Or he could pass to him a lot. Who knows? Who, maybe he loves Ayuk. I think there is more question marks in the 49ers offense because we just haven't seen much Trey Lance. And that is making me question, do I take Debo? Um, will Debo play running back some this year? or Will he go back to being a traditional wide receiver? Because obviously that hurts his value. And for the running backs, like an Elijah Mitchell, whoever from the Niners, I think um, Trey Lance rushing the ball hurts them as well. The
0: thing is, I'm not gonna be targeting Debo and drafts this year, but I'm so scared that he literally does have a similar similar. Role as he did the last year, and it totally blows up in my face because some dude got him in like the late second round, and he paired him with Jonathan Taylor or something. Or no, no, he let's say this dude had the second overall pick. He picked McCaffrey, then coming back around, he has Debo Samuel. McCaffrey stays healthy and is the absolute beast that he is, and then Debo Samuel returns the returns value because. He's literally the same guy last year, and he's playing the same exact role because maybe they gave him, like, a huge contract or something. And then that dude just, like, wins the league because he just has that. So part of me is scared to bet against Debo because I did last year, but, I mean, so did everyone. There are guys that I would rather pick in the same position, so I'm
1: just going to let someone else draft him. That's the way that I view Debo. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not really targeting him. It like I said, um, with the new quarterback, maybe a new role in the offense going back to just wide receiver because of the contract dispute. Just too many question marks for me. I totally agree. Is there anything else? I mean, looking at the tight ends, I don't see much of a difference. Um, there are some differences, especially with like Kittle. I I guess maybe Kyle Pitts and the Mariota situation, but I just for me at least, I think Pitts. Looking at what he did last year with Marion, Mariota. I mean, Mariota might be a bit worse, but Pitts had a thousand yards. His, t- his touchdowns will go up. I don't see quarterback affecting him too much. And the only other tight end, the only tight end that really switched teams was Noah Fain. He's on the Seahawks. The Seahawks suck. Don't draft him. That's all. Yeah,
0: yeah. Totally agree. All right. Looks like that does it for this episode of Casual Sports Fans. This was new faces in new places, or maybe people in the same place, but they have new faces around them that can change their fantasy impact. You know, there's a lot of opportunity when people change teams or they have someone else change teams around them that can help them. Because as we saw last year with Cooper Cup, as we saw before with Stefan Diggs, it can absolutely skyrocket a player's value. But at the same time, it could just send them into oblivion. So, you never really know. And that's that's the risky thing. That's the great thing, though. There's so much potential there. You've got to have a few risky picks in there if you want to win you, you know. So, a lot of potential, a lot of risk. But, yeah. All right, that does it for this episode. See you guys next time.